Smith. The 0-2. Left side, Swanson. To first. The Browns are world champions. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to this, you are listening to The Sports Cave, presented by Retro Sports Network, along with my co-host, Kyle Gooley. I'm your host, Robbie Clark. And Kyle, I was just one game off, but the Atlanta Braves did it. The Atlanta Braves win the World Series in six games, almost one in five games, got off to a commanding lead after a first inning grand slam by Adam Duvall, but the fight of the Houston Astros in game five willed them to try to take the next two in Houston, to which they failed. The Atlanta Braves beat the Houston Astros in Houston, seven to nothing. We all started with a whole Jorge Soler three-run pimping job, hitting the ball out of Astro Stadium, followed by a three-run shot by Dansby Swanson. Absolutely insane. This is the Braves' first World Series this century. The last time they won. The World Series was in 1995. That's also the last time Atlanta has seen a championship was since 1995. As we all know, the Falcons blew a 20-3 lead. The Georgia Bulldogs blew a lead in the national championship game. But the Braves did not blow the 3-1 to lead that they have. They end up winning the series 4-2. to Did you catch most of that game, Kyle, or any of that game? I watched that entirety of the game. What, the last game of the series? Yes. Uh, no, I, I honestly didn't. I saw legitimately I turned the game on and it was about two seconds after the final out was caught. Well, let me tell you something. Watching that game, Max Freed, Max Freed was in the zone. Game two, Max Freed looked absolutely atrocious and they had me worried about pitching him in game six. I figured get his self-confidence up and pitch at home. They, they said, no, nope, we're going to stick with him all the way to game six. This dude threw six hit or not hitless, six shutout innings in Houston. And the couple of hits that the Astros got in him were off the bat, little rinky dinky hits. And he just not like solid contact, right? Not at all. He was absolutely phenomenal. Max Freed, I believe they said in game two, threw about 25% strikes. For or not 25% strikes, excuse me. I'm tired. Okay. He threw about 25% fastballs and then he increased the percentage of fastballs he threw in game six. And one of the pitches, I think it was 95 or 96 miles an hour. It's the hardest he ever threw in his career. He was ready to go. Extra juice. (laughs) Yes. So, Kyle, we could talk a lot about the Atlanta Braves here because we could talk about Freddie Freeman and Brant Snitker. Um, Sinecker being with the Houston Astros, excuse me, I'm tired. The Atlanta Braves organization for over 40 years, whether it's coaching in the big leagues as a third base coach, being the manager since 2016 or 17, or being the minor league, uh, coaching in the minor leagues for years for the Atlanta Braves and assisting Bobby Coxon. He was the third base coach um, during his little tenure as a third base coach for the Atlanta Braves. And again, Freddie Freeman start, got drafted, I think, in 2007, has been playing with the Braves ever since a soon to be free agent who I anticipate them bringing back immediately. Good for them. 
Good for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've talked about it a million times. They lose their superstar in Ronald Acuna with the torn ACL. Things look like they were going downwards. And then the picture. The first half of the season, they win 44 games. The second half of the season, I thought they won 42 games. Apparently, they won 44 games. And they won the World Series on the 44th week of the year. Hank Aaron definitely played a factor. As he was tragically passed away this year, Hank Aaron was there in spirit and helped them will away with the World Series title. You had to love how those... How those magical things just... Coincidence, magical, whatever word you want to use. Seems like they happen in sports a lot. It's always, it's always, it's always interesting how that pops up. Always, yeah, it's it's very intriguing. But yeah, with the you know the series, I feel like it was a very good, very good series. So happy about that. Wasn't you know, you know, an ugly series to watch. I honestly thought in Game Five when I saw, uh, you know, they jumped when the Braves jumped out to an early lead. I'm like, wow. They might, they might clinch it, clinch it in, in the home. And if it was, you know, I saw that the crowd was very, you know, electric. electric. They, they were ready for the title and then how they ended up losing and just kind of getting, it feels like almost blown out from after they got that, you jumped out Grand there and since yeah. you got blown out the rest of the game. feels like, I thought that it's like, maybe that might, you know, kind of, you know, deflate them and maybe we could see, Maybe a seventh. Yeah, I was honestly anticipating kind of seeing a seventh game after that because you have the, you know, like I said, everyone's happy, ready for the celebration, and it doesn't happen. And the way it didn't happen, maybe be like a letdown, and then, you know, letdown be game six. And it's like, okay, game seven, we got to pick, you know, then who knows what would have happened then. But I don't, I'm happy for the Braves. Like you said, after losing Acuna and then just pushing all the right buttons, everything that they did to Instead hit, of being sellers, much. they were buyers. Yep. And everything they did, it seemed worked. You know, and it, that's impressive. And like what you said, what they picked up Jorge Soler and the man was supposed to be a batter off the bench and the hitting coach yeah. and the coaching staff just gathered together and said, this guy's be more than yeah. um, a bench. And uh, one, a and one World Series MVP. Too. It was two years ago. I think he had over 40 bombs at the Kansas City Royals. This guy was a mm-hmm. once once before a highly ranked prospect with the Chicago Cubs and he can hit and he showed it in this postseason. Uh huh. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, good for the good for the Braves. I like it. I mean, and I know everyone that hates Houston likes it too. <laughs> oh, this is just this is my favorite part to talk about baseball. Right now is about the Houston Astros. Did you do you know how many games since but since the ending of the 2017 World Series they faced off against the Nationals and now the Braves? Do you know how many wins at home they have in those home get, games in the, the World Na- Series? The Astros. The Astros. Do you know how many wins they have gonna, at home during the World Series? It's either going to be I'm trying. It's either zero or one, right? It's one. They went one and six at home games in the World Series since their 2017 World Series title against the Dodgers. One and six. When you have home field advantage and you can't capitalize, shame on you. And I get it. You know, because not to mention, too, they don't have Justin Verlander, who's still recovering from his surgery. They didn't have Lance McCullers, but the, the lineup is still there. Bregman, yeah. Bregman faded away this postseason. He had an atrocious postseason. Now, not winning the World Series and losing as tragically as they did, you have to take consideration what Carlos Correa's confidence is, is returning to this team. 
or if sure. they're going to offer him a contract because they still got to pay Bregman, I believe. They're going to have to play, pay Jordan Alvarez. And at some point, they might have to pay Cole Tucker. They already gave Altuve the max contract that he, I guess, deserves. I mean, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, really, I don't want to talk about Altuve. But with Carlos Correa. You're going to have to offer him something. It just depends on how much. He at least it depends on how much that he wants. There. It depends on how yeah. much he wants. Does he want to get paid the big money like Francisco Lindor got paid in the offseason from the New York Mets? Is that what he's looking for? Or is I mean, he going to take yeah. you know, less than who, who knows what, what he's thinking here? But um, he should the, get less because he's not because he doesn't deserve. I feel like that level of money that Lindor got because of what the lack of games that he plays Because you know, in terms of the injuries, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't always bank on him playing a ton of games, you know, so you really want to give a guy Lindor money. For One that? thing you will get yeah. from Carlos Correa's excellent defense, as we see in this postseason, probably has the best oh, arm yeah. out of Eddie shortstop <laughs> in baseball. The hitting, he, he had an ex- outstanding year this year hitting. But my question is, is can he continue that with another team? I, I, I'm sure. not too sold on his hitting. I'm sold on his defense. His defense is amazing. He doesn't have the fastest speed. He, he When he hits, he, he's on. But when he doesn't hit, obviously, he's way off and he looks horrible. Is there something where we see him stay at home? Do you think he's going to return the Astros, Cal? Because I honestly don't think so. I don't know. It'd be tough because if you're Correa, you're looking at it that whatever since was so 2017, they won the World Series. And then what in 2018, they lost lost in the ALCS to the the Red Sox. I'm trying to think of so then 2019 they faced the Nationals. Yeah, okay, so they lost again. 2020 they lost to the Rays in the ALCS. Yeah, so it's just you know you're thinking you obviously got something that that is working there. Like you you have a like what kind of like a proven team. You're not going to go to like oh whatever team just pick one that could use him. The Yankees. Yeah. Like, you know, their stuff's not really proven because they haven't made a World Series, you know, so, you know, appearance. So then it's like, okay, like you got to weigh your risk reward, you know, in terms of more money, a lesser known possibility of, you know, of how good the team is versus maybe less money. You know, it all depends on where his mind is. Is his mind more money, money, or is his mind more on titles? Only Korea would only Korea would know. Honestly, I would guess, yeah, I would guess probably would end up going to no team because even if you go there, are they even going to have how long are they going to have all those pieces, you know, on that team? Because, like you said, they got to pay someone and That's, someone they're going to they, probably they, not going to they, they don't have the most yeah. money. They paid Verlander, they've paid Altuve. They're going to have to, they might have enough money for maybe definitely one, maybe two more players to pay. So, yeah. Is it going to be Correa? Is it going to be Bregman? Is it going to be Jordan Alvarez? Is it going to be Gurley L? Is it going to be Cole Tucker? I mean, they they got they got some solid players. I mean, they're paying Brantley, but they're not paying Brantley significant amount of money. They they've got a lot of options to weigh. Yeah, when you kind of wonder if this could start maybe like start to be the if you want to call it the downfall of the Astros, especially if he leaves. You know, if he leaves and then you start to you know see yeah, who's the gonna play shortstop. Will Bregman yeah, slide over tr- to shortstop, and will they have someone filling a third base? So they're going to keep Bregman at third base. I mean, there's a yeah, million different and, questions. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. Then, like, let's just say this does start to, you know, the downfall of them. Like, how is, like, you know, history is going to look a lot less sweeter for them because it's going to be always the, you know, the controversy behind them that everyone knows about. And the one title that they won was in the middle of that. You know, if they even won one more title, it would look so much better for them that, you know, then people could have thought, okay, maybe they could have won that other title without cheating because you won one as far as we know. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have. The the Dodgers got out to such a big lead. Yeah. How often do you see World Series games outcome 13 to 12 in extras? How often do you see that? Yeah. But the thing is, like, you just never know. I mean, you could have. It's always the possibility that would have strengthened, I guess, a better way of putting it, if they won. But now it's the whole question. Let's, you know? not, so let's not forget. It opens up possibilities. Let's not forget. The Astros were mainly getting spanked on the road during that run in the World Series, especially against the Yankees. The Yankees were spanking them. And then oh, yeah. <laughs> whether it was the Yankees or the Dodgers, it was hard-fought victories at home. Hard-fought victories, so especially a lot of one, one-run games with the Yankees. But I mean, yeah, don't remind me about that. <laughs> it's time. It is honestly, I, I have to say, it's hard to, but it's time to get over it. You know, this is now four years. Um, the Yankees looked absolutely atrocious this year, and eh. this concludes eh. our baseball talk now. <laughs> Bl- blank the Astros. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not even just us. That's a, that's a lot of people. But um, let's transition over here into the NBA. Um. The Celtics are off to a very, very bad start, as we've uh, seen lately, Kyle. They were 1-6 and yes. six at the time when Marcus Smart is talking about how Jalen Brown and Jason Tame needs to learn to pass the ball, and he's tired just standing in the corner. Kyle, I don't uh, know if I'm anticipating a rain here. I don't think I'm anticipating rain, but I think I'm anticipating nah. um, know, what annoying. we've been talking about the last two years. So, Kyle? <laughs> The floor is yours, and I'll come in and give my thoughts. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of ice. It's a lot of ice ball, especially when it comes to like clutch time. Like seeing, like go back to. I know I talked about it a little bit, but like a couple weeks ago, but when they played the the Knicks in what game one, and uh, I believe is the first overtime at the end of the fourth quarter. It was like ice ball with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum gets up a terrible shot, and I believe airballed it. It had no obviously no chance of going in. So it's. I mean, it really is. A, it feels like a, a lot of ISO ball. You know, it's Jalen Brown, especially with Jason. I feel like, especially with Jason Tatum, like it's all ISO ball. Like it's almost like he. I know he got you know like some lessons from Kobe, but it's a lot of like ISO ball, like you know, back and down. You know, guy doing his fadeaway, which he's good at, or you know, trying to size the guy up or something like that. But it's. The thing is, it needs to be more movement with the ball and just more plays and less ISO. And it's just, you got talent on the team. The team is not void of talent. You got possibility, especially run like, like, especially like Tatum or Jalen Brown, really run pick and pops, you know, with Al Horford. Like do that. Like you just need to mix it up more. And And it is annoying because. Even though are they the world's greatest team in the NBA? Obviously not, but you have possibilities. Well, they could be seed. a, yeah, they could be a lot better, <laughs> you know, than what they're playing right now. And it's it's annoying because you got talent and it's not even playing up to the remote level that it could be, which is very annoying to see as a fan. 
Here's the quote from Marcus Smart. Every team knows we're trying to go to Jason and Jalen. Smart said after the 128-114 to 114 loss to Chicago Bulls, every team is programmed and studied to stop Jason and Jalen. I think everybody's scouting parties to make those guys pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. That's something that they're going to have to learn, Smart said. They're still learning. We're proud of the progress they are making, but they are going to have to make another step and find ways to not only create for themselves, but create for others on this team to open up the court for them later down in the game. And allow me to say something really quick, Kyle. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should not be facilitating the ball. They should be, you should have a facilitator. Hence the reason why they had a Kyrie Irving with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Hence why they had a Kemba Walker with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Dennis Schroeder? Did you, have you seen Dennis Schroeder since he's been in the NBA? The dude, the dude. He's a solid player. Nothing special. But you need someone who's going to facilitate the ball perfectly. Dennis Schroeder's not the answer. I'm going to tell you something right now. When you have your point guard, your point guards don't have to average 10 points per game. If when you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and hell, even Al Horford, Al Horford made the all-star team get averaging like 13 points and eight rebounds before he was sent off to the 76ers. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you somebody they should go get right now for the cheapest, cheapest price available. It's not going to be that hard to get them. And I've discussed with some of my Bison Celtics fans, and they kind of agree. Why not go get a Ricky Rubio? Is Ricky Rubio the sexiest name since, you know, coming out of the draft, everybody thought Ricky Rubio was going to be the next coming to Steve Nash? No, because he can't shoot the best. But if he's wide open, you let him take the shot. But you know what he can do, Kyle? He can create for others. And instead of getting a Ben Simmons, when you're going to have to give up either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to acquire Ben Simmons or to go get a Bradley Beal, which means you have to get rid of a Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Why not pay a very cheap price to go get someone like a Ricky Rubio back to what you said about the ISO ball. That's why this team is, is where they at right now. And it goes all the way back to the playoffs in the NBA bubble when they were in it very tightly with the Milwaukee Bucks in that series, and it was just ISO basketball between Tatum and Kemba. And it was just so ugly to watch. I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I've watched a good amount of NBA games this year from different NBA teams. I have yet to watch a single Celtics game because it is just so atrocious. It It's horrible basketball. It's ISO basketball. and It's not like these guys are breaking and snapping ankles every play. It's almost like they have to do extra work to try to create their own shot. It's not good. It's not good. Need to run more plays. It's what they need to do. You know, and that's the, the defense prob- is there. The defense is definitely there, but the you offense know, is an issue. It could be a lot better too, though. I mean, it, 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 I mean, they got problems on both sides. Offense could be better. Defense could be better. It's just run just more. It's like just more plays. And even if it's, you know, like let's say like saying Jason Tatum loves to get well, in the, the post, defense, you know, try mean, to back people to, down. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt really quick, but I mean the defense has been really good the last two games since they had their players only meeting. They gave up 79 points to the Magic on Wednesday, 192-79. Then they beat the Miami Heat 95 to 78. And although Kyle Lowry left the game early, I mean you still got players like Jimmy Butler, Markeith Morris, and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson yeah. to hold them to 78 yeah. points is impressive. Yeah. 
and I forgot which one of those two games, but I believe it was the second quarter. They uh, it was thirty three to nine in the second quarter. I forgot one of those. I it saw was Orlando. That. It was Orlando. Yeah, I yeah, because I saw that and I looked. I was they like, they went on Damn. like a thirty three like, nine from the second into <laughs> that was the third. Crazy, and but. And then the thing is, like, one thing to like maybe do with Jason Tatum is when he's in the in the pose backing people down, like maybe run a like a play off of that in terms of like you know trying to get someone else open to where if Jason Tatum isn't maybe able to get to where he is, you know he can pass it, you know, potentially pass someone just to have another option instead of just everyone just standing there watching and be like, oh let's see what Jason Tatum's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jason away. Tatum or Jalen Brown. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, it's like just do like just have movement or, you know, something that teams have to think of, you know, and it is, it is very annoying because they could be one of the better teams in the NBA. They got talent on a team. Like we said, they're not, you know, void of talent. They got talent yeah. and they're not playing up to nearly the level that they could be. They're sitting at four and five right now. So they've won their last two games. They got the Mavericks um, on Saturday when you guys are listening to this followed by the Raptors and then the Bucks. So, I mean, they're three and five right now in conference play. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's going to be a rough season for the Celtics. I mean, we were talking two years ago about the Celtics, you know, winning championships, you know, with Jason Tame and Jalen Brown, but it just hasn't been working so far. They just need to, well, the problem has always been, I feel like, is getting that right big man. Cause that's one thing that they well, feel like the they've always guard? needed. What about well, the that's point guard? It. But the thing was, they, they, this was the thing at the time, though, they kind of like they're running, you know, like with like whether it was Kyrie or whether it was Kevin, like you had a point guard that, you know, was a, you know, a, at least a good right, caliber. Right. And then you always needed that big man. And then they never, they were had pieces here and there that were like, okay, but nothing like even like a good piece. Like they had a decent piece. And then you ended up losing the point guard. Or not, but you know, you no longer have the point guard. I mean, the better way of saying it, you know, with Kemba or Kyrie status, like Marcus Smart's okay. He's very streaky. <laughs> so obviously, like when he's on, it's great. When he's off, it's terrible. You know, so but I don't know. The, you got stuff to figure out. That's what they obviously need to. It's like they've had to figure it out for a while. Hasn't really happened. Very annoying. <laughs> Very annoying. Like you said, I'm not even a Celtics fan. It's just annoying to me, too. Um, let's go over UFC 267 in Abu Dhabi. Did you watch any fights? I mean, I watched the main event. That's all I really caught. I see Peter Yan beat uh, Corey Sanhagen. I actually did not. I forgot that it was on a, like on the earlier side. You know, not like a normal, like if it's in Las Vegas. You know, I right. forgot about that. And then I saw it was done. I was just like, oh, darn. <laughs> well, we have a new UFC light heavyweight champion of the world, 42-year-old Danbury, Connecticut resident, Glover Teixeira. And since you didn't see most of that fight, allow me to talk about that fight. John Black, I, I always struggle with this man's name every time. Uh, Black Trovich, if I'm saying his name, I'm just going to stick with John. Yeah, you're not saying all right. I know that it's Blahovich or something like Blahovic, that. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to play this game. I mean, a lot of these UFC Jan. players have names I can't pronounce. Blahovich um, or whatever. When we the saw Jan, <laughs> when we saw Jan take on um, Adi Asanya, what did he do to Israel that most opponents haven't done to him? He took Just him to the ground game, game yeah. and he looked extra impressive. But Glover 
his ground game is just so immaculate. It is so hard to defend. Glover made Jan look like a lower-ranked light heavyweight fighter. He was that good against him on the ground, and he also landed better shots in stand-up game than Jean did. 42 years young, and he absolutely dominated Jan Bakovic. I said his name wrong. That's okay. Glover took shares and now sits at 33-7 his career, 42 years old, and is the new light heavyweight champion. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. What a story. What a story. That's resilience right there, my friend. That is resilience. It is impressive. 42 years old, you know, to even just still be competing at that high of a level, let alone win the title. So I still wish that that Johnny Bones Jones was competing in that weight class. Well, competing in general, but especially that well, weight class. Well, I, I think that you know, John Jones leaving that division. Him, probably. He would be, but him leaving that division has opened up our eyes to like some of the talent that's in the light heavyweight division. Because sure. he was just, it didn't matter who was in John Jones' path. He destroyed them. It didn't matter who it was. Yeah, it was pretty it, much like a Amanda Nunez. Like, she's cleaning out her division and... um. Oh, the other female fighter. I can't remember. That's a champion right now. Forgot Valentina her name. But Shevchenko? She, yeah, Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, she's essentially cleaned out her division, too. So it's kind of like the same thing. That's when the fight we need to that. see. Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes. That's the fight we, we need to see. Well, you know they did face at one point, right? I did not. Well, yeah, they the did face at one point earlier. Yeah, earlier. I think it was before Shevchenko moved down a weight class. And um, Nunez won that, but yeah, I mean, hey, that that'd be a, one of those super fights right then and there. Yeah, I think <laughs> they brought. Alexa, I think my Alexa's listening to our conversation. Eh, that they always are, right? Go away, Amazon. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember I was actually listening to it was the Joe Rogan had uh, Shachenko on about like maybe a week or two ago on his podcast, and he brought up that you know like possibility, like, well, what if that and that, and he asked her. And she was kind of like, she seemed like she would be up to it, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and she was kind of questioning like him, like, do you know, do you know something? And like, you know, I was like, yeah. are they going to offer me the fight? <laughs> you know, so, but I, I would love, I would love that fight. That fight would be something to watch. Well, we can watch some fights tomorrow and later on is when people hear this recording here. Yes. Because we got UFC 268 in the Mecca in New York City going on tomorrow. I'm going to might cause a little bit of dead air here because I'm just curious to see what starting prices are going to be. I mean, it's going to be in Madison Square Garden. And just to go watch the crappy Knicks two or three years ago, it was like $100 for the cheapest seat. So I'm curious to see what the cheapest seat is. Let's just say two. Let's just say it's me and you, Kyle. Holy guacamole. <laughs> it's probably, um, a, probably a hefty hefty price tag, right? Would you like to take a guess? Like per ticket? Per ticket. Uh, 400? 300 is the cheapest. Mm. 560. What else? I mean, let's see. Section 119. I mean, if it would load, that'd be really nice just so I could see. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm closing that app out. Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> no way. Wow. It's going to be expensive. But, I mean... Have you seen the main event card? Have you seen the names on this main event card? Yeah, you got names. You got well, two title wow. fights. Wow. You got two title <laughs> fights. You got 
the second bout between Colby Covington and Kamara Usman, as well as Rose Namajunas and Zhang Wali, the the fighter that Rose Namajunas uh, defeated to win back her strawweight championship. Those are the main co-main events. And then you got Frankie Yeager and Marlon Vera. And then you got Shane Burgos and Billy Quartinillo. Quartinillo. Billy Quartinillo. And then this one I'm super excited about. This is probably my second favorite fight in the card. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. That is going to be something to watch. I don't think we've seen Justin Gaethje since he got defeated by Khabib. And when Michael Chandler just yeah, took his eye. I think it's the last time we see him is when he took on Khabib. Michael Chandler, when he um, should have beat Charles Oliveira, but he just took him for granted in round two. Yep. I mean, so it's, an, it's a nice card. <laughs> I think they always try to put something a little extra on those cards in New York, it feels like. They always, you know, put the extra Well, not just New York. I mean, Vegas, too, man. Vegas, too. Right. But I mean, well, Vegas, they've been there, done that. Like, they put on some, you know, they put on a whole a whole range of cards in Vegas. Like it seems like with New York, you know, ever since you know, what's you know they were able to start putting great shows card. You know, it's yeah. what city slash town has always had a low key great card. You'll never guess because there's too many of them. Anaheim, Anaheim's featured some of the best fights ever, including a bunch of fights with DC. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like this. I like this card. This is one of those ones where I'm definitely going to try to be tuning into those those fights because. Like I said, you that that's a nice card. You always obviously hope the main event is a great fight, and then you have a title fight, another one. You know, mm-hmm. so you have two title fights right. plus a Justin Gaethje fight, which is always going to be an exciting fight, whether he wins or doesn't. You're gonna have fun watching that fight. So that's all you can ask for. Well, let's make our picks. We got five fights to choose from here. Let's make pick. Let's make our picks for all of them. Let's start from the very bottom all the way to the very top. We got Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. Who are you taking? I'll go. I'll go with Justin Gaethje. I, don't know, I just like his. I like the. I like the power, and I want to see him like you know work work his way back up top and see him get another title fight because I love watching his fights. His fights are always fun to watch. Okay, I'm gonna go with Michael Chandler, and the reason I'm going with Chandler is because Chandler is an overall fighter he can hit and then he can also take you to the ground. He's a born, he's a natural born wrestler. We saw Gaethje. I mean, granted, granted it's Khabib. Khabib's the best, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Oh yeah. But Especially the ground see, game. Let's see how he can handle Michael Chan, uh, Chandler's ground game. If he can handle it efficiently, he has a chance to win this fight, but if he doesn't, he's absolutely screwed. I'm going to go with Michael Chandler, Shane Burgos and Billy Corintillo. We got it. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know much about both of these fighters. Me neither. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Shane just because the name's easier to say. Why not? I'll go with that, too. Just because of the name. Frankie Egger and Marlon Vera. 23-9-1 in Egger's career and 17-7-1 in Vera's career. I'll go with uh, Frankie Egger. Frankie Egger is in another one that's always... Division. Yeah, he's always been fun to watch. He, oh, he has so much heart. It's insane. Like the amount of times you, it looks like he's just down and out in a fight and then he bounces back. He's able to take punches. Another, again, another guy that is always fun to watch. So I'll go with Frankie Edgar. I don't know much about um, Marlon here. But just because I don't know means that I have a strange little feeling. I'm going to go with Marlon Vera because you know what? We're getting to 2021 now. Frankie Edgar is a good name. I mean, Glover. 
prove people like me wrong who, you know, think that the older you get, sometimes the slower you get. I'm going to go with Marlon. And maybe he is older. I don't know. I don't know much about these guys. Let me see. If I click on him, let's see what the age difference is. Oh, wow. 28 to 40. Frankie Edgar is 40 years old. His oh, last yeah, fight was a, a loss to San Hagen <laughs> for Mr. Ang- uh, Miss Egger. So, I mean, yeah, I'll go with Marlon Vera. Okay. Rose Namajunas and Zhang Wali, who suffered, I believe, her, it's her second career loss from Namajunas. Who you taking, Kyle? I'll go with Rose because I think. Fuck Rose! Yeah. I, I, I want her to win main or not say mainly one of the reasons to hopefully we could hear, you know, hear that because that's always that's always comedy to hear that. But it's I just like how like, you know, she like got up to the title fight with, you know, her the opponent. I'm not trying to say it in kind of butcher, but, you know, she got to the title fight and then just knocked her out. And I think, you know, she she bounced back and, you know, started to be, you know, continue what she was when she originally was the champion. So I'm going to go with Rose Namunyunas. All right. And then the main event, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, who you got? For love of God, Usman, please win this fight. I don't want Covington to win. <laughs> I I just, oh my God. He is beyond annoying. Is he? He just, he really is. He's one of my the favorite fighters. Thing, eh, well, I'm not a fan of him. Why? <laughs> I'll be honest. What, what, why? His whole character. That is because it's a character. That's not, trust me, that's not him. Because if have you ever heard, um, oh my God, what's his name that used to, used, was in the USC, uh, Chael Sonnen. He remember him saying that like Covington was going to like be cut by the USC and he needed like a shtick to help, you know, kind of draw attention to him and obviously to his fights, which would help him stay. And that's when he started acting like how he is now. So if that's really you and that's how you are, do you. But if that's more of a character, which definitely seems like it, like I, uh, to me, just that's just stupid. And plus, Usman is just a damn good fighter. Because I never thought he really had hands like that. And then um, Jorge Masvidal met the right hand of Usman and went night, night, sleep, sleep very quickly. So, and this is how Usman is. Like, he obviously showed he has the hands, but he also, like we know, his ground game is very, very good. And that man is an amazing fighter. So, I'll go with Carl Usman. <sighs> well, I'm rooting for Colby Covington. I do not think he's going to defeat Kamara Usman, but I think it's going to be an excellent fight. I mean, these guys' numbers basically match up pretty, um, pretty even here. I mean, significant strike advantage. Usman gets the little, gets like half a point of a nod, but Covington, his ground game is so underrated. I mean, this guy is a natural born wrestler, as we know. Um, last fight was against Tyron Woodley, and Tyron Woodley uh, ended up losing mainly because of an injury. I think it was a hip injury um, that ended the fight. And like you said, Kamar Usman, he absolutely worked Jorge Masvidal. I mean, second fight for Masvidal, and he just worked him at his own game. So we that know that was one of the been. beautiful right hands you'll ever and see. Seeing him do that. Knockout. 
to Jorge Masvidal and knowing that Covington doesn't have the striking game like that gives Kamara Usman the upper hand. Yeah, because you can you can definitely argue that Usman even has the upper hand in a ground game. Like you can definitely argue that, and then he definitely has the the it's thing close. in the it's stand close. up. I would give yeah. it to Covington though, just the natural born bred wrestler, Southpaw wrestler. I would give it to Covington in the wrestling game, but um, Usman's um, standing game overshadows Covington's wrestling. Definitely, but I don't. It's a good fight. If you like, it seems like it could definitely be one of those ones where, you know, it might be a lot of the, you know, on a ground game, it seems like, because that would probably, even though Usman has the the stand-up advantage over Covington, his bread and butter to me is like, you know, the kind of like the ground game and the clinch and all that, you know, that fights. And so it could be, honestly, strength on strength. We'll see who wins. So it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good fight, though. It's going to be a good card, too. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens later on. Uh, let's talk about week eight in the NFL since we both weren't able we to not, do the show on Monday. Oh, uh, yeah. So week eight, I mean, let's talk about the biggest game. The New York Jets and Mike White beat the Cincinnati Bengals at home 34-31. Then we saw what happened against the Colts. But I mean, wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. You know, it's wow. crazy is <clears throat> I don't know if it was – um. Rothenberg and DiPietro on 987 or if it was the Michael K show but someone straight up took the the Jets money line because you could either take them with the spread and win $250 or you could take a money line and win a thousand they won a thousand dollars off Mike White's 405 keep your microphone still damn it sorry <laughs> Mike White's 405 passing yards after the game, his jersey and everything went to the, the, the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I saw that was that was interesting. I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess so. Might as well, you know, if it breaks some kind of record, you know, I guess Might as well, you know, yeah, I guess it you know deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But um, this is a huge, huge wake up call for the Cincinnati Bengals because the week prior to that, they absolutely destroyed the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And then you just lost 34, 31 to the New York jets. And I know there's not a lot of tape on Mike white, but there was a lot of points in that game where it just looked like the Bengals just, I felt like we're just too confident. That it was just going to be an easy win. It's just like what urban Meyer said. You don't, you don't have games to, uh, to coach. Like it's Purdue. Every game that you face in the NFL is a game like Alabama. If we're talking college football, really, you know, you got to prepare every game like it's like it's one of the better teams in the league. It doesn't matter how if you're facing the Lions, if you're facing the Texans, if you're facing the Jets. But then when you look at the Jets' two wins, they're against two great teams in the AFC. The Titans, who didn't have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and the Bengals, who weren't missing anybody. Unbelievable. Got to give Roberts a lot and the coaching staff credit, although... We look at Thursday's game and they got trampled by the Colts 45 to 30. They still managed to fight to put up 30 points late on, late on in the game. Although Jonathan Taylor was a huge problem for them. Jonathan Taylor's a huge problem for a lot of people. <laughs> Do you have any comments to make for the for the Bengals or well the game for the Jets and the Bengals, the what I just thought was, you know, like one of the the worst things is was that so the Jets score the touchdown to go down uh, 31 to 26. 
And then literally the very first play of the Bengals, what happens? Interception. And it gives the Jets a short field. They go uh, two plays, 14 yards, touchdown. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's like that. Like You cannot be losing those games to the Jets. The Jets – are one of the worst teams in the in the league who somehow happen to have two surprising victories. It's a very odd coincidence, but hey, more power to you if he wins a win. But I think it kind of just show like shed some light on the Bengals. You would like to think that okay, this like you said has to be a wake up call. Okay, maybe we were feeling ourselves a little bit too much. This is a wake up call. You know, let's get our act together focus figure out okay where do we mess up clean that up move on to the next game all right the patriots go to la and defeat the chargers 27 24 i told you i had a feeling about the patriots winning this game um mac jones his numbers weren't the best this is probably his worst start of the year but the defense easily the worst start of adrian phillips stepped up big time in the defense damian harris was good in the ground game and they managed to come out with the victory 27 24 yeah, you saw the, uh, Adrian Phillips won a defensive player of the week. Yep. So, I mean, as you should, had two interceptions and a pick six. Yeah. You know, I I was I, w- I was very obviously happy that they won, but the one thing I feel like even though they won is that this game, the way it was pl- like it f- played out, they should have won by way more than this. Like they should have won probably by like two scores. They kept – the Chargers in by doing stupid things like like that fumble by uh, Kendrick Bourne. They're in field goal range. He catches. It was a very short pass, like maybe five yards of depth max. I think it was like a third and like thirteen range in that mm-hmm. ballpark. He has no chance of getting the first down. You are ne- no one in the history is breaking that. The it was like three four people on. You're not breaking that. Just go okay, get get your yards. You know field goal range. Nick Folk, who has been amazing so far this year get him a field goal attempt except you try to do way too much and then you have a fumble and i believe they could have gone up i think it was 10 at that point if i remember exactly how it played out could have gone up two possessions which obviously is huge that was bad but the one thing i was very happy about was that uh last drive when they scored the field goal to go up 10 it showed like, okay, Mac Jones didn't have a great game at all by any stretch of imagination before that, but he was good on that drive. Nikhil uh, Harry even had a, a good catch at Blues on a, on a curl route. They played very, very smart where they – if uh, did you see that last drive by them when they scored that field goal by any chance? Not going to lie. I don't remember much from Sunday. I had a little – Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but so what they did on that drive is obviously they needed to uh, chew clock as well as hopefully, you know, score. They fell in bounds when they could have maybe gained an extra yard or two, but it would have caused them to go out of bounds. They would slide and get down no matter if it was a running back, Ted, anyone that had the ball. They played that last snap or last drive so smart. They got down, ran clock, got in the field goal range, kicked the field goal, made the field goal ball game it was a very well i mean, you could i think you could definitely argue one of the best executed drives of their season so far it was a very very good executed drive all around on offense now we were talking about mac jones numbers not being all impressive but can i tell you what did impress me 
It's the fact yes. they are now starting to get this guy the freedom to start throwing the football. There was a couple times that I do remember. Hallelujah. There was a couple times I can remember seeing this man going for it all. And you rather have him overthrow it than underthrow it. And that's something that he could work on. Now that he's now that they're giving him the freedom to do so, and with his completion percentage being as high as it is, soon he's gonna start hitting on those. And then that's gonna be a big problem for these defenses. A lot of people are saying, look out for this New England Patriots team. They're sitting at four and four with everything that's going on. You know, I anticipate them losing to the Chargers. I anticipated them losing to the Browns, but this whole Baker Mayfield injury saga, Odell is gone. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this Sunday, as a matter of fact, now that Odell's been released, and we'll talk about that um, a little later on. If this offense could click because the defense is doing its job for the most part, although they're getting a little beat up in the secondary now that Jonathan Jones is out for the year. That very this could be a very. dangerous team in the playoffs. This this is the classic team of Super Bowl contenders. No, I hate saying that's Patriots fan, not Super Bowl contenders. But you do not want to face this team in a playoffs. They are going to be a pain in your backside in a playoff game. You do not want to face them. But I would not still not put them in that you know tier one of title contenders. No. Could they get there? Potentially, yes. you never know. Something. But I wouldn't. I would not put them in there now. But I do like that, especially the defensive tackle for the Patriots they drafted in the second round, uh, Christian Barmore. He is just playing better and better and better. And I, I love. I am loving that because when you are able to get pressure from the inside, it just wrecks everything. Like it just causes so much problems compared to the outs. Like. If you could get, let's say, above average pressure from the inside, I will take that 10 times out of 10 over great pressure from the outside. Because you could always chip, you know, with a tight end, running back, whatever, on the outside. And you could always, the tackle could always kind of push them up the field and the quarterback can step up. It's very hard to get away from inside pressure. And I like that he's able to now starting to develop into a very good pass rusher because you need someone that can help out Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon's having an amazing, amazing season. Right now, I would say that free agent signing, A+. plus. But you need someone else, you know, opposite of him, you know, to give also give you something. I'm loving that, that we're seeing that. But also, I think on the Chargers side, it could just be – Belichick against a young quarterback. I mean, there's always that. I mean, you know, if you know anything about his record, it's he's always does good against first and second year quarterbacks. But the first two games against Herb that Herbert's played against Belichick, not that good. It's eh, like last year they got smoked by the Patriots. And then this game, yeah. And then this, and then this year in this game, that interception, I don't know if that pick six, if that was more on Cook or Herbert, maybe it was a combo of both. That was just bad. That was a very bad play. And whoever messed up, messed up bad, but it's good. I, I, I think it showed, even though you, the Patriots, they lost to the Bucks and they lost to the Cowboys. They were, they were in those games and it easily could have won both of those. Yeah, that as well. You know, they, this team easily could be uh, any a range from four and four to seven and one could definitely be in that range. They're playing a very, I, I would say very good football right now. And here you are complaining about the most weeks. Well, because they could, they still like are showing signs of, I know they're a young team, but they're still showing like signs of where they do 
stupid things that can cost <laughs> them the game. I'd rather have the uh, the other team beat like win because they did something good, not you shooting yourself in the foot, like fumbling the ball. Kendrick Bourne, get down, accept your yards, and we'll kick a field goal, please. Tom Brady goes to New Orleans, and they end up losing 27-36. Jameis Winston leaves the game with the knee injury that turned out to be a torn ACL and is out for the rest of the year. Trevor Simeon comes in, the former Bronco, and he led the New Orleans Saints to a victory. Um, what I'm going to say about the Saints team, <clears throat> they are one of the most underrated defenses in football. Their defense has been playing amazing, led by uh, Demario Davis and uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Is, you know, it's always... It's always a privilege to see Lattimore and Mike Evans go at it. Mike Evans only had two receptions. One of them was for a big touchdown. And Cam Jordan, um, Cam Jordan hasn't done Cam Jordan things, but the presence of Cam Jordan is still enough to intimidate an offensive line. Um, 36-27. It's so tricky with the Saints team now. I mean, when are they going to get Taysom Hill back? I don't know. Uh, Travis Simeon has already been announced the starting quarterback for Sunday. Um, and we'll get to our predictions then. But what Trevor Simeon did is essentially the same thing that happened with the Seahawks when they faced the Rams and Russell Wilson got hurt and Geno Smith took over. You weren't playing. You you didn't have any game plan to prepare for Trevor Simeon. So yep. when you look at the numbers and he has some solid numbers, don't bet on that a lot. Don't bet on that a lot. Trevor Simeon is a backup quarterback for a reason. He couldn't get the job done in Denver filling in for Peyton Manning's shoes, which are some big shoes to fill in, by the way. That's oh, yeah. why he's a backup quarterback. But when you have Alvin Kamara and trading for Mark Ingram, I think it's going to be a big piece for the Saints team to help uh, make the offense a little more dynamic. Um, with no Michael Thomas for the rest of the year, it looks like. With no true cut number one receiver, it's going to have to be the defense and the offense is going to have to run down the clock essentially. <clears throat> yeah. I remember I was chasing Hill back and then, and then we'll see, yep. we'll see open up some more. Yeah. I saw when I was watching it on the red zone, they were showing the, obviously the final uh, drive, you know, for the bucks to maybe, you know, win the game. I saw right as Brady starts to throw it. I remember watching my mom and I literally go, Oh no. Because <laughs> you could see, because you could see right when he threw, as he's throwing his motion. I who, uh, or, you know, I could look it up. Um, or the pick six. Uh, PJ Williams had the pick six. Right as he starts his motion, PJ Williams is jumping that from the get go. He had, you know, great recognition and just trusted it and jumped it. And like I said, from the get go, you could see as Brady starts his motion, it was it was picked, barring the guy dropping it somehow. You could just tell. So, and you know. It, it's it's weird how a team of the Bucks caliber so far in the regular season is zero three against the Saints. Yeah. Oh, not that oh, the Saints. Yeah. Not that, well since Brady. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. going yeah, from last pretty, year. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's interesting. But it just shows division games, no matter who it is, are always have a have, or sorry have a way better chance of playing out weird than a one-off game because you just know your opponent better when you're in the division. You try to build your team to beat them so you can at least win your division. And, you know, and it's in New Orleans as well. 
and you always know the noise is always a factor in the in that stadium, which yeah, it seemed like it was it was a decent factor, but that offense still had a great game for the Bucks. Godwin the eight team. receptions, one hundred and forty yards, and a touchdown. Even though obviously Brady throwing, they shut down the, the running game though, which is big for the Bucks. Yep, yep. um, for the Saints defense, Brady still had 375 passing yards. He did his thing for the most four part. touchdowns on two interceptions. He had a good game, you know, the one interception, obviously nailing the coffin. All right. Uh, Sunday night football. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch this game. I was too busy watching the, the Braves in the Astros. I didn't watch. I, my eyes were linked onto hoping that the Braves would take it at home and they didn't, unfortunately, but they took the title eventually. Cooper rush was named the starting quarterback for Sunday's game. Dak Prescott set out one more game for a calf injury. It looks like he'll be back for tomorrow. Cowboys win 20 to 16. The Cowboys prevailed. Kyle? Yes, This Dallas Cowboys defense went from the absolute worst god-awful defense that we've ever laid eyes on last year to being a good defense. And this all has to do with Dan Quinn because you know what? Dan Quinn, the head coach, and eh? Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, is just like Todd Bowles. They're in the same class. Yep. Dan Quinn brings the absolute best out of their players. They play hard-nosed, aggressive football. Do they get away with a couple of cheap things? Yes, they do. And oh, they'll, live, they'll live with some of the punishments. I mean, this goes back to Legion of Boom, too. Legion of Boom didn't play absolutely clean. They played a little bit of dirty, too. They oh, He knows what to do. And Micah Parsons is looking like the best linebacker in football. I'm going to be honest. This rookie uh, uh. This rookie has been doing it all with the absence of a player like Demarcus Lawrence. He's been amazing along with Leighton Van Rush and Trayvon Diggs to hold this Minnesota Vikings team to 16 points with Adam Thielen with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Captain Kirk. Absolutely huge win for the Cowboys. And if you don't see them as a threat in the NFC, you better blink really quick. Open your eyes. The Cowboys are coming. As long as Dak can stay healthy, which it looks like he'll be fine for this Sunday. <laughs> the NFC's got a huge problem in their hands. I I like that uh they let up that last uh catch Adam Thielen. My uh, fantasy team thanks you because needed that. But, yeah, it shows that, you know, with uh, Rush putting up 325 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception on uh, 24 or 40, you're not the most efficient game, but it got the job done. You know, I'll tell you right, why. But for a backup if, quarterback, if you win. 325 yeah. passing yards and then yeah. let him throw the ball 40 times? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, hey, he, like I said, it was insane. You get the job done. That's all you can ask for. As long as you get the job done, who cares how the stats look? You get a dub's a dub, you know? But, yeah, I would say they're definitely, like, what, a top, like, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't still not put them number one in the NFC, but you definitely has to be either two or three. Right. I wouldn't NFC. put them number one. If I be honest with you, I would probably put the Rams at number one. I probably put the Cowboys at number two, Bucks at number three, Packers at four. Honestly, I I, I put the Bucks over the Cowboys personally. 
right now. Of course, personally, you would, but you have to take in. Well, not even just because of Brady, but I'm saying also just because I trust. I still trust more in their head in a Bucks head coach and Bruce Arians than Mike down McCarthy. the line. Yeah, McCarthy. we can yeah. talk about that. But if we're talking this exact moment, which team out of the two is playing better in this exact moment? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Since barely losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have won six consecutive ball games. And yeah, they face a team like a Washington football team and the New York Giants, but they beat the Patriots on the road. They beat the Minnesota Vikings on the road with a backup quarterback at the line. And the Vikings sitting at three and four, there's some games that the Vikings like could have won just like the Patriots, and they're a solid team. They held Chris uh, Kirk Cousins to one passing touchdown. They contained Dalvin Cook. You have to consider the Cowboys at number two. I would not put the Buccaneers at number two. I mean, I would especially, consider them, but I would still. Especially the with the beat up secondary that the Buccaneers have. I wouldn't. Let's okay. let's talk about right now, Kyle. With the way the teams are going into this Sunday. Okay. There's no Murphy bunting. There's no Richard Sherman. You taking the Cowboys to beat the Buccaneers right now in a regular season game? I, I would. I mean, it'd be close, but I would still pick. I would still pick the Bucks because I'm thinking who to like. Because who do I trust? Who do I trust more, Brady or Dak? I'd still would trust Brady to get it done. And who would I trust more, Bruce Arians or Mike McCarthy? I'm still picking Bruce Arians in that in that situation. I mean, I think that game would be an amazing, obviously an amazing. We saw Week One, obviously that game would be a high scoring, an amazing game. But I just think, I, don't, I just think right now the Bucks. I would just put them number two, personally. All right. <laughs> you do you, boo boo. But also, I wouldn't not. And also, like if someone say, okay, I'd pick the Cowboys over the Bucks. Not like, you know, I'd be like, oh well, that's an atrocious pick. Like, yeah, I could definitely see why you'd pick them. It's not a bad pick by any stretch of imagination. I just think right now, I would still put the Bucks at at two and the Cowboys at three. And obviously, like you said, I would put Rams at one. All right. So the Monday night game, the Kansas City Chiefs escape with the victory against the New York Giants, twenty to seventeen. Does this speak volumes on the Giants blowing another opportunity to win the game with their 12 penalties, as I think it was? Or does this speak about the Chiefs just might not not be good this year? Chiefs are not good. They're not. They're just not good this year. I mean, you know, they very easily could have lost that game. Very, very easily could have. You know, there was the one – I'm trying to remember exactly because I saw the end of the game. Um, there was the face mask call, I believe, on the last drive where the Chiefs got the field goal. That wasn't a face mask, like, at all. And it wasn't all, I would say, terribly close. But Chiefs got the call. Tends to happen when you're at home, matter of the team. But, you know, that they, they escaped is the best and ideal word for that game. If you're the, the team that of the Chiefs caliber, like people were thinking, being title contenders but against we were a team like, thinking. let's be honest, yeah. we were all thinking to begin the season, yep. yeah, and going against a team like the Giants, this is a game that you have to win by, I would say, convincingly, by like two score, by two scores. I, you know, I, I don't know about two know, scores, but just, even a full touchdown, yeah. even a full touchdown. Yeah, like this was just. I mean, it just shows that I think. The NFL is in the process of figuring out the Chiefs, and now what are the Chiefs going to do 
as an adjustment. Obviously, they got weapons and they got Andy Reid. We know they have obviously a potential to bounce back from this. But right now, it, I would say it's it, I'd say it's some ugly football from them. It's it's pretty darn ugly. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna tell you something too. The off field things are also an issue. When we talked about last week, we talked about Jackson Mahomes and what he did to Sean Taylor's number dancing. I mean, that's going to put attention on your quarterback and and uh, Patrick Mahomes. You see Patrick Mahomes every game. He goes over to his wife. He goes over to his family and friends. One of them being Jackson gives him a, a you know Patrick Mahomes doing you know being the respectful guy that he is goes out for the handshake. Jackson barely even like accepts the handshake and like looks away as he's doing it because he's a. <laughs> I had to stop myself. I cannot stand that dude. You have that. Then you have Tyron Matthew attacking the chiefs fan base saying it's one of the worst and annoying fan bases in football. That's not smart. <laughs> you have Frank Clark or it's either Frank Clark or it's Chris Jones. One, the two with the off um, off season. The gun, the thing? gun thing. It was, it was Frank Clark. That's a distraction. Andy Reid's son had a DUI, and I'm pretty sure killed a child in an accident right before the Super Bowl. That's she, a no, distraction. I'm pretty sure she's alive, but I she was so. very, she but, was seriously hurt, I believe. But don't quote me on that. But that's that's a distraction. There's been so many distractions. Kelsey looks uncomfortable. There's just been too many distractions for this Kansas City team, and a lot of these people are analyzing Patrick Mahomes. Dan Orlowski says Patrick Mahomes out of probably, I probably say about 40 quarterbacks have played this year has the worst footwork on any quarterback in the NFL. And that's something to worry about, but that's something that can easily be fixed because at one point they're saying the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, and they're escaping with these victories. Yeah. What, what, just... what they did do correctly was they addressed their defense they acquired a Melvin Ingram from the Pittsburgh Steelers, a good pass rusher, because if you if you your secondary is not going to prove, let's be honest, they're going to have one of the worst secondaries in football. But if yeah. you can get another pass rusher to go alongside Clark and Jones to help put pressure on the quarterback. It, it helps your defense out just a little bit. Yeah, you need all the hope you can get. I just I'll be honest. I just love seeing the even though the Chiefs won. I just love it seeing the Chiefs struggle just because people were just saying, and I know I've said this at nauseum, but people were just saying yeah. they were the next, they were next dynasty. It's like, let give it a couple of years, see how it plays out. See if they able or, to continue the excellence, you know, year after year, you know, and it, and I think that it just shows like a lot of the flashy stuff that they were doing that were, that was winning them gains was now coming back to bite them. You know, in the backside, it just, I think that's what is like the Patrick Mahomes, like no look stuff. Okay. That's cool. That's cute. I, I'd rather have him not, you know, look at where you're throwing the darn ball, please. <laughs> you know, stop the no look pass. Uh, we stuff. haven't seen that lately. We haven't seen that lately. Yeah. But just like the, just everything. It's like, they just, it's like, they're not the best fundamentally sound team. And I feel like over the long haul, that is going to help you maintain greatness is fundamentals. And it seems like, like I said, they are not the best fundamentally sound team in the NFL. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I mean, the Giants now sit at two and six. This is the Giants through 
eight weeks under Dave Gettleman haven't eclipsed three wins since his tenure. Safe to say Dave Gettleman is gone by the end of the year. Fairly, don't you have to kind of have to at this point, barring about some Joe like, Judge? Uh, I'm how many years has Joe Judge been there? Though? This is his second year, but how many times? And that, good lord, the walkie talkies have been issued, and we've been telling the NFL for the longest time, and it's still something that isn't been resolved. Hello, there's a reason why your quarterback wears a wristband because, in case of situations like that. Okay. I don't know if you heard that, but Spotify just randomly decided to start playing. That's what I love about Sundays by Craig Morgan. It must be hearing us talking about football and they know what we I, love about I, Sundays. I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> or people listen to this podcast. I'm sure I'll get some feedback if they heard it or not. Back to what I was saying, though. You got to make you got to have better preparation for that. And to keep saying that we need to have more discipline. When is it going to happen? Because now it's going into week nine and the Giants cost themselves two games, the offsides for the field goal against the Washington football team. They intercepted Patrick Mahomes, but there was an offsides call. There's yeah. got to be better discipline. Now you're blaming the walkie talk. It's not a good look. It's yeah. not a good look. This is the thing. I feel like judge sh- should be given another year, but the problem is if you get rid of, I Gettleman, do too, but you know what the yeah. issue is, Kyle, well, the two New York franchises are dysfunctional. They are the new Cleveland Browns in the respective conferences. Yeah. As dysfunctional yeah. as the Lions are, Dan Campbell and the Lions give it their all every single game. Although you can't say the same thing about the Eagles game since they got blown 44-6. to six. But they fought against teams like the Rams. They fought against teams like the Ravens. There's no fight in this Giants or uh, football team. Yeah. The Jets have yeah. shown more fight than the New York Giants. Yeah, I just feel like they were saying that. I feel like Joe should be given another year, but the problem is if Gettleman's gone and whatever whoever the new GM is is going to want their own guy, right, right? So through that, like I feel like if Gettleman gets you know, like let go of, Judge will let get let go of. Although I like I said, I feel like he sh- bleh, my words he should still be given another year. But I think Gettleman also proved his um his ego in a way by not trading away Evan Ingram because Evan Ingram has not worked out for this team. You should have gotten some sort of pick and return. You know, it just hasn't been working at all. This dude, a lot of people are really high on coming out of college, and he's yeah. been mid-tier, low-tier. Because he has the he has the capability of like absolutely does. He's a dynamic yeah. tight end, but he's it just fast. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fast. It's just it's it's almost like he's just a big-bodied wide receiver that like he like he can't really block. Like at all, which is terrible. And at least if a tight end can't block his they own, have a Kyle Rudolph something. for a reason. Yeah, like you have the like on paper, you could have, you know, you have weapons to have a good offense. Right. If Jalen Jones could perform like how people Daniel were hoping. Jones. Yeah, with yeah with Kyle Rudolph, uh, Evan Ingram. And you have like Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, which a lot of uh, fans are sick and tired of seeing too. Is a lot of Darius Slayton. Um, when Kelly yeah, Dalvin, Sterling Shepard, even too, can get it. You've got weapons. It's just the problem is just they're not healthy like at all. Like they're always hurt. Some things always hurt. It's like I almost wish you could just see this offense at full, you know, strength. full healthiness, yeah, full strength, because it, it has the potential to be, I think, a relatively nice offense. Just never 
whatever it can, you know, and that, that might be costing the GM and the coach the jobs. No doubt. No doubt. Um, let's get into all this NFL news that's been happening recently. The hot, there's been a lot of hot things going on. Um, do you want to get the worst one out of the way or do you want to save that? Eh, it's up to you. Whatever you want. Let's get it out of the way. Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders only already had issues with John Gruden. Second year wide receiver Henry Ruggs III is charged with DUI resulting in, uh, I think, uh, death for a 23-year-old woman and her dog when he was caught going as fast as 156 miles per hour, double the BPA legal limit in Las Vegas, causing a huge car fire with the young woman and her dog tragically dying. What an idiotic piece of human trash. Kyle, I will always have zero sympathy for drunk driving like that. Absolutely. You should know better. Listen, I hand my keys over many of times. All right. If I go to the bar and I know that I am too incoherent to drive, I will hand my keys off. I've done it many of times. All right, because I'm not putting other people at risk off of my stupidity. But if you want to talk about major stupidity, how in the hell are you going 156 miles per hour? And why? It wasn't even on a highway either. It looked like it looked like it was just a main street. Like, damn, dude. <laughs> um, Keyshawn Johnson put it perfectly. He said, "Don't be the reason." When when teams go in their bye weeks, their coaches always tell them, "Don't." Be that guy. He turned yep. into that guy, and he's facing up to 20 years in prison. His career's over. His career over and his life could be destroyed, you know, at this point, depending on how long he goes to jail. You know, because be honest, the man should be in jail for a while. That's bad. I mean, not only that, did you see the other, like, little other side notes on top of it, that he had a loaded gun in his car? I mean, I don't know if it was a gun that he had registered or something. Like, I don't know that. No, specific stuff, wasn't but registered. It's like, the, it's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? You have your dream of an NFL wide receiver right there in the palm of your hands being drafted. I believe it was last year. I believe this was the second year. Yes. You have the potential to set your family up for life. Money wise, now that is gone. Your your career is over with, done. Bye. Your who knows how long you'll be in jail for, and the whole fallout from that. I mean, like you said, I, I mean, I personally have never uh, had have needed to hand my keys over because I personally am not someone that drinks, but that much. I'm one max, maybe two, but I've had where I've been around friends that have given me like my keys or be like, Hey, can you drive me home? You know, you just always need to think smart. You always need to. And then you see someone like Derek Carr talking that he got what a text message with, uh, I think it was, uh, he said between rugs and him and Hunter uh, Renfro, I believe it was about like his, uh, talking about Henry rugs, like golf swing and stuff like that. And then a couple hours later, this happens. I mean, and I understand, and I know where, Derek Carr is getting some heat from because he's saying 
Henry Ruggs need to be loved or needs to be loved. And I understand why people are right. against that or against what he said, because if, you know, obviously, what's the right way of saying this? He still needs to have a. He needs to have that like, one supporter yeah, for him. Yeah, he needs a supporter, the but at the same point, that he made. yeah. But at the same point, obviously, more thought to obviously needs to go out with the family that was affected which, of the which he did that died. Yeah, mentioned too. It's just the headline. So, yeah, Carr said it. Carr put it well. It Carr was, put it perfectly, just like you did. People the were thing. people were too people were too headstrong. I feel like and not really thinking it over they took the he needs to be loved and like, put, like they viewed it as like he needs to be valued yeah yeah he, it just was like just that and not everything too. else just like yeah, people are you gotta Tony you gotta they were thinking of a small slice of the pie very other than thinking the whole thing but it's just it's such a such a sad situation. I mean, dude, you had your whole life ahead of you, your career ahead of you. Like you said, to put your family in an amazing spot monetarily, money-wise, as long as you kept performing and started to get better, which it looked like he was, you were able to – you were, had the, a chance to make legitimate, serious money. Now you are in legitimate and serious problems. Trouble. Yeah, in trouble. You are going to jail. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you. Who knows how long down the line? But it's what two to two to twenty years for like the DUI, and then it was like that other charge that they were throwing on. Like it could be. Ah, I'm trying to think of that because I didn't. I haven't seen it in a couple of days of what it was. I think it has upwards to be like potentially twenty five to like maybe. I think the max is like maybe twenty seven years, something like that total. Like you have a legitimate problem, dude, on your hands. You are done. Like I said, bye. <laughs> but that is what shows right then and there. One stupid decision can destroy your life along with others. Make I made one bad decision and he's done. This is what it is. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, he's facing um, DUI causing death and reckless driving after that. And he's facing up to 20 years in prison. Um, yeah, I mean, this this kid was looking outstanding. He was looking like um, a big piece for the Las Vegas Raiders. He was playing absolutely amazing. But um, I told my buddy this, and they've also made great points because um, it can happen anywhere. But in a city like, like Las Vegas the drinking levels in Las Vegas is out of control. And it's not just Las Vegas. I mean, it's everywhere. But when you think of cities to party in, in the United States of America, what's one of the first cities you think of, Kyle? Yeah. It's like, I was at Las Vegas, LA, New York, LA, you know, those? New York, you know, yeah, you gotta, Mark Davis has got to start setting some boundaries when it's the off season. Do your thing. Do your thing. There's no, and not to mention too, the NFL has a hotline that you can call to prevent from this happening. They will send someone out there for you for free, by the way, for free to drive you and get you home safely. Okay. It's not like the early two thousands there. There's an Uber. Now there's Lyft. Now there's zero reason 
why this dude couldn't pick up the phone and make, make a call. Teammates, even a, NFL even hotline, a, yeah. Uber, you know Derek Lyft. Carr. You know Derek Carr would have been there. He seems like that guy that will give you the shirt off his back if you call him at four in the morning drunk out of your mind. And call, oh, bro, I need a run. I don't even attempt that drunk. Derek Carr being But anyway, yeah, he'd be there in a heartbeat. You could tell the man was destroyed on the inside. Man is just such genuinely a good guy. You know he would have been there in a heartbeat to pick that guy up. Yeah. And it's it's so sad because like you said, like, oh my God. It's like that's one of those things where honestly it just it pisses you off as a as a fan of football. A guy that has money and a chance to make serious money, just yeah. throw it away on one stupid decision. Destroyed his life and another person's life and that person's and family's family. life. Just it's destroyed now because of one stupid decision. Guy's like, an idiot. Like, like I said, there are many ways to avoid this, and at some point, will we will we um, view it differently? Potentially, no, but in the moment now, absolutely not. In the moment now, absolutely not. He's responsible for uh, a very upset family and losing yeah. one of their young ones, twenty three yeah. years young. I'll never see it differently. I don't see a way in how. You were way, you were so beyond far in the wrong. It's terrible. And it, it, it's just, it's horrible as it happened again to this Raiders team. John Gruden was leaked for what happened with the, uh, the Washington football team. Now you have this, they face so many obstacles. They're three, and zero um, since John Gruden's been moved as the head coach since he resigned, which was the right thing to do. We'll see what they do this Sunday against the New York giants. I mean, Where's their psyche going to be at? Because now you're going into your first game. You lost your deep threat. You lost uh, someone in your locker room that it seemed like everybody was fairly good with until what just happened. I mean, there's a lot of things you have to say, what's going to happen this Sunday with the Raiders? Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Where are they going to be mentally? I feel like this is, to me, could have a way worse impact on the on the team, team than John Gruden. Yeah, because like, even obviously, obviously that was bad. What, what happened with Gruden? Absolutely. But this is just another. This is another level. It literally costed someone their life and another person's career. Jail. Yeah, in jail. It could be serious jail time too. So, like mentally, it could be a very big problem for this. Not only for, against the Giants, the rest of the season. Oh, I just got some breaking news when it refers to the NBA. New 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 York City Mayor Eric Adams, who was elected earlier this week, will not make any changes for the mandate. So Kyrie Irving, it's in his court now whether he chooses to get vaccinated or if he stays unvaccinated. So Kyrie Irving could potentially miss the remainder of the year if he chooses not to get vaccinated. Yeah, hey, it's your own decision. That, that's as you that's want, it. Right? The, at the end of the day, that's what it do is. You, and I will always stand up do, for Kyrie for that. Always. Do as you want, but know the consequences of what your actions could potentially be. Right. And, and then make your and then make your educated decision at that point. Now that we're on the topic, uh, the topic of coronavirus um, with the vaccine, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers now has the coronavirus and is out for this Sunday's game and potentially the following game next Sunday, Jordan Love will be making his first career NFL start this Sunday in Kansas City against the Chiefs. 
Good luck. Um, <laughs> let me get the exact quote from Aaron Rodgers. Um, when asked about if he's vaccinated or not, is yeah, he was immunized. Immunized, immunized it was right. It. He announced that he was yep. immunized. Well, now yep. let's talk about what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show. It was very um, interesting the clip that I saw. I, I'm gonna going to watch it at some point this weekend. The whole interview because it is on YouTube. By the way, it's a it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But like that whole uh, that that whole the whole thing when the the clip that I saw is that he, Aaron Rodgers said he has uh, an allergic to reaction to two out of the three. Um, vaccines right and, and it is it says in the cdc website if you have an uh, allergic or if, if you are allergic to one of the things do not take them so rogers thought okay you know saw that okay not gonna take that so the other one that was available was the johnson and johnson one i found out mistaken yes. and then that had problems you know people were saying with like clotting and all that so that was like taken off so at that point rogers like okay well it's like an alternative way to do it and then he did was doing that, or maybe is doing that. So whatever word, you know context you want to put it in, and then asked what the NFL if that could count, and I guess it doesn't, you know. And it, I guess it was known it wasn't like a surprise to the NFL that Rogers isn't, you know, vaccinated, you know, vaccinated normally if you want to use that, you know, thing. Again, it, to me, it's kind of this, and, and the same thing with Kyrie. You should, you need to know if you, you know, do your research about it, which Rogers definitely did. He's not someone to, you know, to not do his research on topics. You need to know this is the potential consequences of it. You know, he made his bed. This is what, you know, this is what it is. All right. So do you want the full quotes of what he says? Yep. Okay. This is from uh, the Pat McAfee show. Normally he does his episodes on Tuesdays. He did a special show, I believe, today. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, (laughs) I like to think I said I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies that are out there about myself. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference during that time. It was a witch hunt that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it was a personal decision and they shouldn't have to disclose their own medical information and whatnot. That's him talking about himself right there and Kyrie Irving. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. It wasn't some sort of ruse or lie. It was the truth. Look, I'm not some sort of anti-vax flat earther. I am somebody who's a critical thinker. You guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily anatomy and the ability to make choices for your body. Not have to uh, equations, it looks like it says. He's using big words I could barely read. I'm not that smart. To some woke culture or crazed group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. Facts. And for me, it involved a lot of study in the offseason, much like the study I put into hosting Jeopardy or the weekly study I put into playing in the game. Roger says he's allergic to an ingredient in the mRNA vaccines, which preclude him from getting the Moderna and Pfizer shots. And then he cited a temporary pause in April on usage of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for clotting issues as the reason for his dismissal of that treatment, according to the CDC. Blood clot issues with low 
platelets occur at a rate about seven per 1 million vaccinated women between 18 and 49 years old. For women over 50 years and older, men's of all ages, it's even rare. He got some sort of pass, I believe, from the NFL for the reason that he is not vaccinated. And if this man is allergic to those two ingredients, you can't force him to get the vaccine. But for people like Stephen A. Smith to go live on the air and say that the man deserves to be suspended for not getting a vaccine shot is a fraudulent piece of blank. As far as I'm concerned, with the way this man Stephen A. has been attacking Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving and use racist comments towards Shohei Otani that he can't be the face of MLB because he doesn't speak good English. He should be suspended, just like he was suspended years ago for using the N-word on live television. Because I'm just sick and tired of people trying to force something into other people's bodies, whether it's a COVID vaccine or a flu shot. At the end of the day, it is your decision. Right? What happened to my body, my choice? That only applies for a certain group. Like, did I get the vaccine? Yeah, I got the vaccine. I respect people's decisions to do whatever they want to do with their body, and they should not be pressed to do something that they don't feel comfortable with. And it should not be mandated. It was just a year ago, not too long ago, that Dr. Fauci said it should never get to the point where it's mandated and the sports show is turned political now because we it's just the way they attack these athletes for refusing to get the vaccine is it's 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 bully it's cyberbullying it's cyberbullying to put it completely honest it's cyberbullying and the media needs to do a better job because this is just getting outrageous how dare them how dare them then this is the thing is that it's kind of like I said, same thing with the Kyrie Irving thing. Like, you know, the like Rogers knows the NFL rules about how long if you test positive and if you're between if you're unvaccinated or vaccinated, how long you need to stay out for. He, he obviously knows that or should know that. And I believe he does. So the thing is, do your research and you run a risk. If you test positive, and you're unvaccinated. You know the risk. What I would like and to know fall, is it. What I would out. like, what I would like to know is, is has he been in talks with Kyrie Irving? You know, have they been discussing with each other the pros and cons? You know, I mean, because in the one quote that I read, he was not only sticking up for himself, but he was also sticking up for Kyrie Irving. Now, if people want to talk about the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't wearing a mask on the sidelines, I can understand that. I can tell you what, I, I don't like wearing the mask. That's why another reason why I got the vaccine because I'm sick and tired of wearing that mask. I get really bad headaches if I wear that mask for a long period of time. I do. Um, It's a rule in the NFL. If you're on the sideline, you should have your mask. And he didn't comply. Carson Wentz has been complying. And not only should Aaron Rodgers be in trouble for that, so should Kirk Cousins. But you know who should be in more trouble than that, Kyle? The NFL. You made the rules. You got to make sure these players follow them. It's not just the Packers. It's not just the Packers need to force the rule. But it's on it's on the teams to but that's put it's like the say. NFL, but, but the NFL puts the say. rules out and the teams they have to step have to in. Enforce it. You mean to tell me after everything that Aaron Rodgers did to the Green Bay Packers before the first week of the NFL season that the Packers are going to tell, hey, Aaron, you need to start wearing your mask. They want Aaron Rodgers to be as super comfortable as possible to make to make sure that he comes back. 
You mean to tell me somebody's going to grab a mask? Like, hey, can you put this on? <laughs> They're not going to do that to Aaron Rodgers. You might they see that with Minnesota. This is, this is the thing. They won't, but they should. If Because you can get in trouble. Like, you know, if you break protocols and that leads to someone testing positive, you know, a breakout of multiple people, you run the risk of it. That's the whole thing. If you're willing right. to and, break, and I, let's just call it. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Consequences. I never said that they. They. I never said that they shouldn't. I'm just talking about how they won't, because they don't want to upset Aaron Rodgers. Because they want Aaron Rodgers. Now, let's talk about the Packers really quick. It's unfortunate to have to Aaron Rodgers, but if we're talking it from a future and football perspective, this is one of the better things that could have happened for the Green Bay Packers because now they get a chance to find out about Jordan Love. Now yeah, they get a chance to find time. out. He's getting game time. What can we see from this kid that if Aaron Rodgers walks, what can we see from this kid that gives us the confidence that he's our next quarterback for the next 15 20 years just like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers were and it's not an easy task because he has to go into Kansas City Devontae Adams is back (laughs) Lazard looks like he's going to be back so the offense is going to be full straight depending on David Bacchiardi I don't know if he's playing or not to protect his blind side Mm -hmm. but this is best case scenario right now for the Green Bay Packers in a really unfortunate um accident and however he got COVID whether it was a Halloween party or whatever people should still be allowed to live man sorry I always believe that people should be allowed to live their lives the way they want to I just cannot wait for the overreaction Monday of the fallout from the Packers Chiefs game because you know it's going to be it's going ungodly to be a- way far to one side or the other whether Jordan Lowe's plays like hot trash or Jordan, Jordan loves plays like the next Aaron Rodgers. Right. Either way, people are going to so beyond push it to the max and blow it way out of proportions, no matter what it is. Right. They're going to find a way to, you know, nitpick every little thing ab- about the game. But like, this is my, like, I know I said, is that with the protocols, the NFL puts out the protocols. And they say you need to enforce it because you're not going to have. What are you going to have? An NFL person in every single building following every single person? That's not possible. They it might come down rules. to it at this point. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, but they put out the rules, and then the NFL teams have to enforce them. You know, or be willing to, if they're not followed, be willing to accept the consequences of what that could be. And this is, and this is potentially, you know. Could be could be a problem because you never know with from that party if he had it at, if he had it at the party which seems like a good possibility then who knows how many other people could end up testing positive and you just need to be willing you know like I said to live with the consequences but like you also said it is good in a way for the Packers because you get Jordan of real game time it's not at the end of a game, a blowout game time when it's backups or backups. No, you're getting real NFL starting time against the Chiefs in Patrick Mahomes and that offense and that pass rush, which seems like is, you know, could be a very good pass rush, like you said, with them when they added Melvin Ingram. We're gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun, fun game to watch. This is this is gonna be a I'm definitely gonna tune in and try to see as much of this game at four o'clock. Oh, 425, sorry, as I possibly can. 
All right. And the last big news in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. Actually, there's two more. We got there's one more after this we got to get to. But Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns agree on a release. He now will have to get cleared off the waiver wire. Um, he doesn't get to choose his team. There's teams that can opt to take the former star wide receiver. Let's see if he can reach back. But to that they, star. he he won't be claimed off waivers, though. They need because if you claim him off of waivers, you get his contract, too. That's the thing. And no team is probably going to want to because is he worth his contract right now? No, he's not. He's getting overpaid right now for what he's, you know, for the production and, no, and the, you know, problems. So no teams, if no team's going to claim off of waivers, unless you're ungodly, I would say desperate for a wide receiver help. And you really need it. Like maybe like someone like the Saints, but, you know, is a team going to, you know, obviously pick him up for, you know, a relatively cheap price for what he could potentially give you. Absolutely. Man's going to be on another team by the, by next week. <laughs> I mean, the first 10 teams, you got the Lions, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Jags, the Jets, the Giants, the Washington team, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Chicago Bears. Um, what I would tell you is you're absolutely right. <clears throat> number one, Excuse number me. two, there's a huge, Excuse my chair squeaking. There is a huge list of teams out there in the NFL that can use a talent like Odell Beckham Jr. Um, if I had to pick the best destination for him and for this team, I would say Las Vegas Raiders. Now that Henry Ruggs is out, there's a big void need to be filled in. Hunter Renfro is going to do his little bit of work as well as Edwards. You still have Darren Waller. But if you can get Odell Beckham Jr. in there with Derek Carr, who's been playing in, in Keyshawn Johnson's mind, Keyshawn Johnson's mind of him being a top six quarterback in the league, meaning that he's the sixth best quarterback in football, to then pair with Odell Beckham Jr., who's been who's looked good this year. Him and Baker just don't click. And I've been saying this since last year. Have I not, Kyle? You have. They're just better off without him. And that's and it's gone to the point now where it's gotten too personal. The Browns could have avoided this a hundred percent could have avoided this if they took care of this problem last year. But the reason they kept him is also the connection he has with Jarvis Landry. They're best friends. They're best friends. And they didn't want to see it, uh, a split happen, but I think it's what's best for the team. Now. So I said, the Raiders, another team that can use them, the green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr. side-by-side, that's enough to convince Aaron Rodgers to stay. A third team, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have been taking on anybody and everybody. I'm just giving the options where I think Odell's going to look. Another team, the New England Patriots. The Patriots, if they get that one dynamic receiver with Mac Jones, possible. They need a damn deep threat. Good Lord, do they need that guy. The please, the fifth team, the Kansas City Chiefs. They need a clear cut receiver to help out Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But also, I I I think they explained it really good in New York radio lately, Kyle. Don't rule out a return to the New York Giants. He didn't leave on bad terms with John Mayer and the ownership group. He left on bad terms with Dave Gettleman. And if Dave Gettleman is to be released. At the end of the season, there's a chance. Did you say the Saints? Because the Saints need him probably the most. 
I honestly, I think out of any team, I don't think he would go to the Saints with the whole thing that's happening with Michael Thomas. I don't think he would look at the Saints. Well, I'm because they, well, I don't know, but they need him. I would say, of the course most, they do. But a, you also have out to of any consideration, team. does he want to go there? Eh, I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting because the thing is, who you want out of Odell is obviously that deep threat, which he, you know, he can be one of the most electric wide receivers in the league. Problem is, like with the, he can be a little bit of a diva, you know. How is that going to work in the locker room and with the court, you know, your starting quarterback? And then with the injuries, too, like the man's been hurt a lot recently. So it's like, can you always bank on him? Probably not. But a team's obviously going to be willing to take the risk because the man has the potential to be one of the best wide receivers. You're in the damn league. right. They're going to take the risk. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting. I would love to see the Patriots get him. I think if the Patriots get him and you get uh, enough time for him to be like the work into that offense and to mold it, that's I feel like is this type of thing that can maybe start to push them up the tier list and maybe into the bottom part of the Super Bowl contender list. Is you need that number one wide receiver, and they do not have that right now. Please get that guy. All I could do is pray and hope. Um, and then we also missed out on the Rams. The Rams releasing Deshaun Jackson uh, as they couldn't find a trade partner for him. That's another pro the Patriots could use. Just to have that deep threat that we were just talking about. Absolutely. Von Miller to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams sacrifice a second and third round pick. And I think they only have like one or two picks going into next year's draft. They are going for it all. Von Miller Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey on that defensive end. Did they give up too much, though, Kyle? A second and a third round pick for Von Miller? Hell no. (laughs) No, not for them. Because if you're willing to, you know, or sorry, where are we saying? If you're a team of that caliber that is going to be a, because they're obviously a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Think about it. Your second round pick is going to be a late second round pick. Yep. You know, so it's not like it's going to be early second rounder. So it's more like an early third rounder, if you want to consider something like that. You know, and it's whew, like that, that pass rush. I mean, I'm looking at now, they face the Titans on Sunday night football. Tannehill, good luck, man. It ain't going to be great. <laughs> good luck. I mean, that trio of Jalen Ramsey, who you could argue best corner in the league, Aaron Donald, you cannot argue, he is the best defensive player in the league and definitely the best pass rusher in the league. I can definitely and, argue with that. Yeah. I can argue no. with that. Okay. I, I think he's definitely the best you know defensive player of? in the league. Well, give it to me. Take a couple of guesses. Come on. There's a bunch of defensive studs out there. My, Miles Garrett? No. Someone like, uh, say, like a Cleo, a Cleo Mack? No. How dare you forget this man? TJ Watt? I I still think Aaron Donald. TJ Watt got snubbed last year of Aaron Donald winning that defensive player of the year. TJ Watt played much better than Aaron Donald. They're not in a tougher conference, but I mean, the conference is still difficult. (laughs) I know. I just think Aaron Donald is by far the best defensive player. By far. So insulting to TJ Watt, man. That is insulting. No, no, because I just think Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald can. Do it. He can do it on the edge and and uh up the middle too. 
Hello. TJ, TJ, I don't think TJ Watt's just amazingly dominant on the edge. I don't know if you put him inside. He could if, he would he be still be doing that? at his size. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just think Aaron Donald's by far the best, I would say personally. And the fact that you have the and then you pair Von Miller, that trio, that is just stupid. See, I'm not that argue, is, I'm not arguing that good. you're viewing Aaron Donald as the best defensive player. But when you say by far and dominant, I mean, that's so disrespectful to TJ Watt. And I, I, I want to see what people think about that. Like, my opinion that TJ Watt could contend with Aaron Donald, but you're saying by far there's no contention. Well, because, because okay, so let me ask you this. If you are taking a player for this season to give me, like, okay, give me TJ Watt. Give me Aaron Donald money and all that's not a you know not a problem because they're both getting paid. No, zones. I'm taking Aaron Donald, like who, but I'm saying TJ yeah. Watt deserves some respect. He, he oh he's yeah like he's the, obviously he's amazing. The guy's good. But was I he not defensive Aaron player Donald. of the year last year or was it Aaron Donald? Oh, he he definitely he probably should have. I think it's more of Aaron Donald being the shiny name. That's all I'm saying. But, but I would not still by far when yeah. TJ Watt outplayed uh, him last year. I don't, I I've looked I at the just numbers. Think, I haven't looked at the I numbers this year, but I'll, I'll have them free on Monday. Because ten times out of ten, I'd be picking Aaron Donald over TJ Watt. To me. All right. Um. What the hell? There was there was some other news that happened. It just slipped my mind because we got into this big debate that right there. Yeah, we were talking about Von Miller, the second and third round picks. You you nailed it, right in the you know right in the head. I mean, they're going to be late picks. Nothing really is going to change um for for the Rams. I mean they are already missing so many picks it, it doesn't really make a difference. The Broncos, it's gonna be hard for them now to convince bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Uh that was talks about them convincing Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson to come in. That's gonna be pretty hard to convince him now. Especially yeah. especially because Bradley Chubb is been getting hurt a lot. It's gonna be really hard to convince him. Yeah, I mean I uh, I, I can understand why they were they ah, traded. Now I know because he was about. because he was gonna end up leaving the team most likely anyway because he was a free agent. Yeah. Von Miller was gonna be a free agent at the end of the year, so they were probably going to lose him anyway. So you got to get something for him, you know, mm-hmm. a second round, a third round pick, not the best haul, no, but it's not bad. You know, it gives you you know more picks that you can play with. Now I remember I was gonna talk to you, Kyle. It's been reported that Derrick Henry is gonna be out for the rest of the year. They yeah, just my signed- fantasy team is crying. <laughs> they signed Adrian Peterson. Um, I don't know what the running back committee is going to look like with Peterson, and I think it was like Nicholson. But um, what would you say the chances of the Titans winning this division are? You think they're still high, or do you think it's really close with the Colts playing really good football? Uh, I'd say it's, it's decent. It's a good thing you got a – a decent lead in your division. There's that, <laughs> but uh, I would say uh, this is going to put just a, this could be a big time problem, obviously, because if, if AJ Brown and Julio were always healthy and you could bank on them being there every week, then, okay, it's not the worst. Then you can put more on their shoulders, but it seems like they're always, you know, battling some kind of injury. And even if they play, they're not going to be a, probably not going to be a hundred percent. So, I mean, and that, I mean, the amount that they lose because of their, that man is ridiculously good. Yeah. That, yeah. it's scary how 
how able he is to pull away from people on those long runs. It's not like he's just bulldozing guys over and over and trucking 10 people for a 70 yard touchdown. He's hauling it away from people at that side. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just unfortunate because he's the most, had such a good season. He's the so most valuable good. player that doesn't play quarterback out of any team in the NFL. Because when I hear people say he's the most valuable player for any team in the NFL, not true. Brady with the Bucks, Mahomes with the Chiefs, Rodgers with the Packers. You know, it's just simply not true. But if it's not the quarterback position, undoubtedly. Any any position in football besides quarterback, Derrick Henry had, is the most valuable player um, out of any team. Um, but now this could potentially make the Titans look like geniuses bringing in Julio Jones if he could stay healthy. It looks like he's going to be playing this week. But this was something that we knew that was going to be an issue. Julio's been dealing with a lot of hamstring injuries the last two, three seasons. A.J. Brown, when he's healthy, he does his thing. So now it comes down to Julio here. They need you. Big time. Yep. You're not wrong. Just need to to stay healthy. Should they be worried about their division? I would say no, only because Mm -hmm. the Colts sit at four and five and the Jags and the Texans don't sit at any threat. Um, The Colts, the Colts. The Colts could potentially sneak in in a wild card slot, but it's something that the Titans should not take lightly. Carson Wentz is playing good football. Jonathan Taylor's been running the ball crazy. Michael Pittman's emerging into a star in this league at receiver. Yep. Yeah. I I I do think though they need to be worried because Tannehill with you know Henry. You know, and obviously being able to work off that play action is a very good combo. Just Tannehill? Eh, I'm not sure. Even though you have two amazing weapons, I don't know. Tannehill, you know, eh, I'm not sure about that. And how good the Colts can potentially be and have, seems like they have been playing. I, I'd, I'd be worried about the losing the division. Let's put it that way. Now, obviously, the division as a whole, because, oh, then the Colts of the division is hot trash (laughs) but you know but the losing it to the Coles I think they have to be very worried about that all right you ready to go into our picks oh yeah all right let's start with Sunday I mean first one that pops up right here in front of me the New England Patriots going to Carolina to take on the Panthers and the Patriots are three and a half point favorites in Carolina it is still to be determined whether or not Christian McCaffrey will return off IR and play in this game Kyle, what you got? I have the Patriots winning this, but I think it's gonna be kind of like a kind of an ugly game. I think it would be I could see like a 23-20 victory for the Patriots. I just think this could be a game where both defenses are, you know, could perform, you know, pretty, pretty good. Because the Colts defense, and a Colts, geez, sorry. The Panthers defense was, you know, one of the better ones in the league. You know, Gilmore's first game back, excuse me, uh, against the Falcons gets an interception guarding Kyle Pitts, which was, you know, phenomenal talent. The Patriots defense, you know, played played pretty good against the Chargers going against, a, you know, quarterback Sam Darnold, who's, you know, regressed from the beginning of the year. You know, it's obviously prone for turnovers. I think both defenses are gonna are going to shine, but I think, I think it's going to end up being I take Mac Jones over Darnold, and I'm easily taking Belichick over Matt Rule, and I think those are going to be the two end factors that will win the Patriots the game. 
Well, if there's anything that you should attack with this Panther defense, it is the run game. They average about 114.5 yards against um, with the Patriots only allowing 101. So, but if Christian McCaffrey plays, you could throw all those numbers away. You could throw all those numbers away. Such a if weapon. Christian McCaffrey plays, I'm taking the Panthers in this one. And this is a game that the Patriots should win, but Sam Darnold, when he has Christian McCaffrey, it opens up a lot more for Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold then can escape the pocket. And we've seen Sam Darnold during that great stretch uh, that he started the first three games where he was evading out of the pocket and he was running to get yards and scoring touchdowns. I mean, with yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold is more dynamic. Without Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold is seeing ghost. But it looks like McCaffrey's coming back, and I'm going to go with the Panthers 28-27 because I'm not, I'm not too confident. I feel like that's a relatively high-scoring game, you know, for that, for a level of the, of the well, like Panthers. You said, like you said, Sam Darnold, the- Sam Darnold makes a lot of mistakes. Mac Jones is going against Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is going to have a revenge game. He's going to play pretty well. But, but also seems like how, how much is Gilmore even going to be playing, though, too? Because I think he played – in like the teens for snaps. So, you know, see, well, it's his first game. You know, one thing you wonder is you how to much tell me there's going to be an up. increase against this former team. Well, 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 I'm just wondering how much is like, you know, of a load is he going to be able to play, you know, because of, you know, obviously, like you said, first game back, you know, after the injury. All right. The Cleveland Browns go to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals with Odell officially off of the team for the Cleveland Browns. Who you got? I'm going to go I'm going to go with the with the Bengals on this one. I feel like this is you know it's going to be it's funny these games two two good division opponents. I think you'll see a a bounce back after, you know, the Bengals hopefully if you're a Bengals fan and Bengals player got a little wake up call after the loss to the Jets. I'll say let's go a 30-31-27 victory for the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Bengals too. Um they're going to make Baker Mayfield throw the football and um, according to a lot of uh, players, especially Dan Orlowski, they were really upset with the performance of the Cleveland Browns last game. Jarvis Landry dropped three, uh, three passes. Odell dropped passes. The running backs looked like they gave up. Um, And now with Odell gone, there's definitely some psyche issues going into the locker room after that. So I'm going to go with the Bengals too. And I'm going to go low scoring. Well, not really like time. I don't consider it. Low, low scoring. I've made low scoring predictions before, but I'm going to go 24 17. Okay. Dallas Cowboys hosting the Denver Broncos. Dak Prescott is expected to be back. Cowboys win this game 31 13. I don't need to say anything more. No more Von Miller. The, the Broncos are in a complete rebuild mode. Teddy Bridgewater, the first three games, solid. Teddy Bridgewater. It's a, it's a good story about what once happened, but um, Teddy Bridgewater is better as a backup than he is a starter. Yeah, I'll go 38-38-15. I feel, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a blowout. The Texans go into Miami to take on the Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for this Sunday. Tyrod Taylor is responsible for the one lone win that the Texans have. The Dolphins are an absolute mess. They just put Devontae Parker on the IR, so he is expected to miss the next three games. Once you place him on there, Texans dealt Mark Ingram. Will we see more David Johnson? Will we see more Philip Lindsay? That's to be determined, but with this five-and-a-half-point spread, 
I'm going to take the Dolphins to win, but I'll take the Texans to cover it. Um, I'm going to go Dolphins 24-21. Yeah, honestly, Let's I was honest. probably going to I was going to Tyron Taylor's score. not that good, <laughs> but he's a hell of an upgrade from David Mills. Tell the Patriots defense that they were getting worked <laughs> by Davis Mills, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins as Dolphins as well. I was going to go 24 21 as well. You know, I'll change it up. I'll change it up slightly. I'll go, I'll go 28 24. Yeah, I feel like this is, this is going to be like a unexpected, I'll say unexpected, but like a good game versus two kind of crappy teams. The Falcons going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints are six point favorites. I'm going to go low scoring this one. I'm going to go 17 13 Saints victory. Um, and Trevor Simeon, I think, will have little effect. I think it's going to be a defensive and Kamara and Ingram game. Um, with Calvin Ridley probably out for the rest of the year, it kind of seems with these personal issues that he's going through. Um, Kyle Pitts has had a lot on his shoulders. And I think this Falcons team that's sitting at three and four would sit at a higher record if they didn't miss Ridley for some of these games. Probably. But... So I'm going to go that score with the Saints winning. Okay, I'm going to go with the Saints as well, and I'll go – a 2016 victory for the Saints. Like I said, I think it's just going to be a low, it's going to be a relatively ugly low scoring game. And the Las Vegas Raiders head to New York, to New Jersey rather, <laughs> to take on the New York Giants. More like the New Jersey Giants. Las Vegas Raiders are three point favorites. The Raiders are much better than the Chiefs are this year. And the Giants almost beat them, and although everything that's going on with this Raiders club, um, when healthy with Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, it's a scary sight to see. Although they don't have Henry Ruggs for the deep route, Hunter Renfro has been playing exceptionally well um, through, through all these hard times for all these players, man. Um, will they fight through adversity again? Will they? Uh, I, I mean, I'm just, I want to see what they are going to look like mentally. You know? That's what I'm waiting to see, but I'm still going to take the Raiders because even though the Raiders had an incident like that, the Giants are more dysfunctional than the Raiders. <laughs> They're more dysfunctional than the Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders 27-7. Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants on this one. That Henry Ruggs thing is, you know, that is, like we said, brutal, and I think that's going to mess them up mentally for for this week. I'm going to go with Giants. I feel like this is going to be another kind of like ugly game. Because we said the Giants are a mess, like are a mess, you know, and I think the Raiders are going to be a mess this week because of the rugs situation. I'll go, oh, 17 to 13 victory for the Giants. The Giants, huh? Yeah. Wow. All right. The Bills going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The Bills are 14 and a half favorites. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo 31 13. I'll go, uh, let's see. Hmm. I'll go 40, 41 to 17 bills. Just a All blowout. Right. <laughs> well, the Ravens are coming off a bye week, and I won't forget this because I took them, uh, for my you know play of the week. Ravens are nine and four coming off of a bye week. Mike Zimmer just lost to a backup quarterback. And now they're going up against Lamar Jackson and company in Baltimore. 
and I can guarantee you they're not getting blown out like they did against the Chargers at home or the Bengals rather at home. I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going to, excuse me, my goodness. I'm going to go Ravens 35 to 24. Yeah. I'm going to go with the, with the Ravens as, as well. Cause you seen uh, if you if you look at the stats, the uh, Ravens are giving up eighty seven sorry eighty six yards rushing a game, and we know that's the Vikings love to run a ball with Alvin Cook and set up you know uh, Cousins with the deep passes to Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson. I think Lamar Lamar's gonna be just too, too much for them, and I think they'll end up winning the game thirty one to twenty four. Chargers going to Philly to take on the Eagles. Chargers only favored by one and a half. And the Chargers have been really shaky as of late. Um, Absolutely. And the Eagles, although they put up 44 against the Lions, I mean, you don't know what you're ever going to get out of this Eagles team ever. So with the unpredictability of the Eagles, but knowing what the Chargers can do, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to go to the Chargers 30 to 17. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the with the Chargers as well. I think you know, kind of a bounce back game against the against the Eagles. And I'll I'll go uh 30 31 20 victory for the Chargers. I think good good bounce back game try to r- right in the ship. The Green Bay Packers going to Kansas City without Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love starting quarterback. And the Packers are seven point underdogs. Who you got here? Uh, I honestly, I think this is a pretty easy game to pick in my eyes. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one, even though, like we said, they've been struggling this year. I think that crowd noise with a rookie quarterback. Second year. Or not a rookie quarterback. Yeah, sorry. First well, start. Like, first yeah, start. Like rookie, yeah, it feels yeah. like a rookie, but yeah. Second second year, first start in KC and in Arrowhead. Good luck. I think I think it's is going to be a – 34-21 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not going to lie. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, the Chiefs have just looked so sloppy, and yes, they can absolutely take advantage because it's a rookie quarterback, and yeah, the atmosphere, but honestly, um, the Chiefs are so dysfunctional on offense right now. The Packers' defense is playing at a very, very high level. The team is healthy with the exception of Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can find a way to advance the ball and Devontae Adams does his thing, there's definitely a chance at the Green Bay Packers. I get it. They don't have Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like they have Mike Lennon at quarterback. All right. We it's <laughs> to be determined what Jordan Love is going to be, but Jordan Love is a lot better than Davis Mills. He was a first round Mike. pick. Exactly. So I'm going to give this kid the respect he deserves. I'm going to go Packers 24 21. And if this should see, be, Sorry, and if ahead. we see the Packers win this game in Arrowhead, the Kansas City Chiefs will not make the playoffs. <laughs> not making the playoffs, no chance in hell because there's no reason that they should lose this game. This is a game that they should take advantage of when the chiefs are at full health and everything's going right. They should be winning this game. This should, I'm not going to pick it for the Packers. What you need to do is use Aaron Jones, you know, to the fullest sprinkle in AJ Dillon and just tell Jordan love. Don't screw the game up. Just be a game manager this game. This is what we what we need you to do. Just be a game manager. When we ask you in like a couple of spots, hey, we need you to come up big on like a third down or a big pass play, whatever it may be. Just do that. Just be a game manager. Just don't try not to turn the ball over and let Aaron Jones do the work and A.J. Dillon do the work, which I think is a very good possibility because the Chiefs run defense is 
garbage. Not good. Nothing's good in that defense. Who you can? The 49ers hosting the Arizona Cardinals. It's been reported that DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are both most likely out for this Sunday's game. And if that's the case, then I'm going to go with the 49ers here with the returning George Kittle. I'm going to go 49ers 25-13. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go with the the Niners as well, but I'll go. Uh, I'll go a three point victory for the 49ers. I'll go 27 to 24. Tennessee Titans going to LA to take on the Rams. I'm going to take the Titans to cover the spread because I am going to put some respect for Ryan Tannehill with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, both expected to play. I'm going to go Rams though. However, I'm going 28 to 23 LA Rams to cover the seven points will be the Tennessee Titans covering the spread. I'll go 31 to 20 victory for the Rams because I think first game without Henry, I think it's going to it's going to show Monday night football, the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Steelers are favored by six and a half. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the I'll go with the Steelers. This is I feel like could be a kind of an, an ugly game as well. Steelers defense going against. Oh, God, what's name? Justin Fields. There you go. It could be an ugly game. I'll go a 20 to 14 victory. for. Yeah, I was going to go. I was going to go around that range, too. I was going to go 2017 with the Steelers. I mean, um, the Steelers That's... offense isn't the reason why they've been winning these football games for the most part. It's been the defense. And um, I think it'll I mean, both defense both defenses are really good. But Matt Nagy. It's just not working. Like people want to argue what his record is as a head coach, but we've seen with our own eyes how bad the Chicago offense has been since he's been there. I mean, it's making Allen Robinson look like a scrub. Yeah. Did you see what the over under is for this game? It's 39. Ew. Ew. Are you kidding me? No, that is a very low, very low number. But yeah, low score and ugly game. Unless you like defense. Extremely. Um, and then we'll just pick the Thursday game for next week. Ravens, Dolphins, Ravens, 35, Dolphins, seven. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll go 31 to 10 victory for the Ravens on that. All right. Beautiful. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back on Monday live on Facebook at 715. So set your alarm, set whatever. Make sure to tune in live. We will have the outcome of UFC 268. We will have the outcome of week nine in football. We'll wait to see if there's any NBA news as we see LeBron James is already going to be out for one week with an injury. Will he miss more time? That's to be determined. But until then, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, they can't see you. It's okay. Sure. Kyle just completely flipped his camera. So just don't do that Monday. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you just listened to the sports cave. Please share, 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 share this link to your friends, to your family, whatever. Retro Sports Network presents The Sports Cave. We are out.